0: Welcome into the DMVR Buffs Podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz. Joining me today, we've got RK. Uh, Before we get into today's show, I just wanted to say we are brought to you by the American Raptors. The American Raptors are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com for some free tickets, and if not going to the game is your thing, you can stream all their games on their website. Check out the weekly DMVR rugby podcast. Um, Ryan, let's get into it. Do you think a rugby player... Could cross the goal line without fumbling the football.
1: oh uh, yes, yes. That is, not being able to cross the goal line without fumbling is dominating my life right now.
0: Yeah, it was uh, very odd. I'd honestly say eerie or creepy at this point. The uh, the bad omens that we got from fumbling on the goal line this weekend. So because of that, we're going to talk about someone else's struggles today instead of our own.
1: All right, I like this. Are you all right? Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: If you haven't heard, Scott <laughs> Frost was fired as the Nebraska head coach. I believe it was Sunday morning, yes. uh, right as NFL was getting uh, charged up. Um, it was uh, kind of seen coming, I guess. I mean, they've looked awful to start the year. I don't think they haven't won a game. They've been upset every single time. and
1: They did beat North Dakota.
0: Oh, they, that's right. They did beat an FCS team.
1: Despite being tied at halftime. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, it was so bad that the Nebraska boosters and, I guess, decision makers decided to forego the chance to save about $7.5 million, firing him after October 1st. He is owed about $15 million in buyout money now, $5 million for this season and 2.5 through 2026. Your reaction to Scott Frost no longer being the Nebraska head football coach?
1: Devastation. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sad. I'm so, so sad that Nebraska fired Scott Frost. I loved the fact that he was like their prodigal son, and they were just, like, hanging on to it. And, like, as recently as last week, you could go onto a Nebraska message board and see people defending his every move because, like, they just can't bring themselves to hate a guy who won them a national or who contributed to them winning a right. national championship as a quarterback. So I was like, this is the perfect scenario. They're going to keep him forever, and they're just going to suck forever, and it's amazing. Um, I, I, I So I'm my first reaction is very sad. i <laughs> I posted an N with how many th- – Two hundred twenty characters on yes, uh, an end with two with a uh, hundred with two hundred nineteen O's after it mm-hmm. uh, after he was fired because I thought maybe they'd hang on for another year maybe they like get some momentum at the end of the season and he he's coaching against the Buffs next year right uh, but sadly that was not the case what's really interesting about this is the stories that are coming out now this always happens right uh, whenever someone gets fired all the stories about how terrible they were come out right I just don't get it like what happened here because he was so good at UCF um, and he was considered a rising star before that as an offensive coordinator he was at Oregon. Like yep. he was the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he goes like Nebraska gets their number one option in that coaching yeah. search. And he goes to his alma mater with don't tell anyone I said this, but like really great football culture and everything you could ask for as a head coach. And all the stories are about how he just didn't give a damn. Like, he didn't he didn't want to deal with game planning and recruiting and he was he was offloading all of his responsibilities and I'm just like what happened here
0: yeah it's very strange because as you mentioned he's got the pedigree being from Nebraska playing for them i mean this is this seems like someone's dream job yes. and he literally just kind of said eh it's all right like that that's about the reaction that he basically had to it
1: like money does th- a lot of things to a lot of people like did he just like secure the bag and just lose all motivation
0: man i guess the thing with ucf though i think that that program as we saw i mean they were very good and Mm -hmm. shortly after he was there i mean this is a team in florida which is the hotbed of recruiting in high school football in this country so i mean i guess the struggles going from ucf to nebraska can be sort of expected in terms of the players you bring in but maybe that program is honestly just better than we thought it was
1: yeah it's very possible but to be honest like Adrian Martinez I thought was a lot better than they got out of him yeah Casey Thompson is a lot better than what Scott Frost was getting out of him so I just think everything went wrong um, it's incredible to now see Nebraska fans dragging Scott Frost like we've we've been most sports fans have been there where you have to turn on one of your heroes right it's more, way more fun when you get to watch someone else do it <laughs> um, so the way that they're saying like oh Scott Frost I didn't care and He's the worst and all this stuff. It's like, wow, he was your guy like just a couple of years ago. Does
0: this head coaching legacy overwrite his legacy as a player, Do you think?
1: Man, I would normally say no, but Nebraska fans are so, such angry people yeah. when it comes to bad football that I almost feel like they're, they're not capable of like separating the coach from the player.
0: Right. Um, we got a couple of lines here from sportsline.com, kind of like the action network. Uh, They drew up lines for the next Nebraska head football coach. Can you guess who's leading the list? Urban Meyer. No, he is on the list, though. It is Matt Campbell at plus 300, Bill O'Brien plus 400. Oh, my God. Mickey Joseph plus 500, Dan Millen plus 600, Luke Fickle plus 700.
1: Not nearly enough people are talking about the fact that Nebraska's interim head coach is Vance Joseph's brother. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how are we not talking about that? Not only is it Vance Joseph's brother, it's the same Vance Joseph's brother that convinced Vance Joseph to draft Carlos Henderson, who, if you aren't familiar with the Broncos, was drafted in the second? Uh, Third Third round, round. Okay. He was drafted in the third round, the top of the third round, and never played a down for the Denver Broncos in an actual game. Not because of, you know, a tragic injury or anything like that. He... Sprained his thumb because he dropped a kickoff. That was his first ever play. Yeah. Um, They just decided to redshirt him. Like, they said he's out. He has to have surgeries. That's just a redshirt because they are like, this guy can't really play right now. Then he um, got caught, I believe, by Louisiana State Patrol with weed. And he tried to eat the weed while the cop was on his way into the car. (laughs) Uh, So not the brightest individual. And, again, never played it down for the Denver Broncos. That was – Mickey Joseph was his position coach. Told Vance Joseph, you got to get this guy. Mm -hmm. So – I, that just needs to be put out there. Okay, back to what you were no, saying. No,
0: absolutely. I mean, uh, I think Bronco fans and uh, there's Buff Broncos crossover. Of course, there's we've had enough of the Joseph family here, so uh, it's good to see Nebraska kind of embrace them. Uh, also interesting names on the list. Bronco Mendenhall plus 900. Mark Stoops plus 1,000. Troy Calhoun plus 1,300.
1: Wow, that makes sense. Just go back to the triple option. Yeah,
0: that was an interesting one. Matt Rule plus 1,400. And then you said Urban Meyer. Uh, 25 to 1. Deion Sanders, 30 to 1 on this list.
1: Oh, my God. Who
0: scares you the most on this list? Is it Urban Meyer? No.
1: I actually wanted Urban Meyer um, to... Like, I want Urban Meyer to go there. Yeah. Because I think that his brand is so tarnished that he can't recruit anymore. Right. Like, you know, all these coaches do this, like, bullshit about religion and all this stuff when they go into people's... um, you know, uh living rooms. Right. Like Urban Meyer just can't do that when there's videos of you cheating on your wife. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a good point. Good point.
1: So I'm like, oh yeah, think that Urban Meyer's the guy. Give him like ten million a year and watch as he everyone thinks he's a joke now.
0: Right. Uh Dan Mullen I think is an interesting option just because the how we got let go at Florida was really interesting because he was a good coach. He had it kind of rolling there. He just couldn't get the recruiting going uh, whether that's the, the issue that will happen at Nebraska, we'll see, uh, Deion Sanders at 30 to one made me laugh though. That was a good one. Uh, maybe DraftKings Kings will have these odds eventually. Uh, shout out to DraftKings. Kings. Uh, who the, would you bet on? Who, which coach?
1: Yeah. So like, okay. The Matt Campbell thing, they just did that yeah. before Scott Frost. Remember Bo Pelini was taking this team eight to ten wins every single year. Right. They were competing; it's the best they've been since Colorado destroyed their program in two thousand one by beating them sixty two to thirty six. Um, and they were like, "This isn't good enough." So then they hired Mike Riley. Is that his name?
0: Yeah, uh, the, the Oregon State guy, right? Yes.
1: Like, first of all, what? Yeah. What were they thinking? <laughs> you were like, "We need championships." So you went with the Oregon State coach, mm-hmm. um, who was a good football coach, right? But not for the expectations they set then they started winning like six to seven games canned him brought in scott frost they started winning four to five games or five did they make a bowl game under scott frost i can't remember i don't think so So they're winning like five games a season yeah and the matt campbell feels like oh you're going back to the mike riley hire because like he's done a great job at iowa state in the same way that i think mike riley did a great job at oregon state but that guy's not a championship coach maybe they would just want to get back to the winning six seven games and then try to build from there
0: right uh so looking at this list i mean he's still employed right now by the carolina panthers but matt rule i think is a very interesting option i mean this is a guy that's turned around a couple programs just in college football Um, Of course the Carolina thing is I mean that's gonna work itself out eventually I don't think he'll end up staying there past this
1: year. That was one of the worst NFL hires I mean, they're paying him like 10 mil a year. Yeah, and he should have been fired after last year. Honestly, he's bad
0: Uh, He's not good Maybe better as a college football coach, which is where I would expect him to return. I think Nebraska Would be pretty wise honestly to hit him up and be like look you built up temple you built up Baylor Come help build up this historical program. Or I'm intrigued by the Troy Calhoun option, honestly.
1: <laughs> the Troy Calhoun option. Emphasis on yeah. <laughs> option. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said, see, you should go back to the triple option. And like the same people that are saying that in the CU world they are saying that in the Nebraska world. Yeah, I think it's weird that no big programs want to try that anymore. Now, I get it. You can't recruit. At, there are certain guys you won't be able to recruit. You don't need those guys. You don't need to recruit quarterbacks when you run the triple option. Right. You don't need to recruit wide receivers when you run the triple option. You should be able to recruit offensive linemen and running backs. Well, that's a good point. Well, look at
0: Georgia Tech. They were able to get Calvin Johnson and Demarius Thomas yes. on their roster yes. while running the triple option. So mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, we haven't really seen it past Georgia
1: Tech's the last the last of a mm-hmm. of a dying yep. breed, yep. and they're gone. Like you know, they're, exactly. So the the biggest team running the triple option is Air Force, one hundred percent. It's weird.
0: Them or Navy. Um, Draft Kings though. The Troy In- Calhoun
1: would fit really well at Nebraska. He looks like Nebraska.
0: He kind of does, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, I, Troy Calhoun. I mean, he's had his options. I think. Do you really think that he'd leave for
1: for Nebraska? You should. Um, it's. I mean, that is a. I don't, this, you just have unlimited support there. That's right. You know, like uh, as much as I joke about them and love to watch them lose and hate them, like that is a place all they care about is the football program being good. Yep. Like the university just exists to for the football program. Like right. you know what I mean? Like that's all anyone cares about out there. It's a whole. You have a whole state behind you, and you have unlimited resources. They just fired a coach just because they felt like it. And they were like, we can wait a month for seven and a half million. That is my new goal in life is to have, excuse my language, earmuffs for the kids, such fuck you money that I can just call up the athletic director of the Buffs and be like, I don't care what it costs. Fire the coach. (laughs) I'll I'll pay for it myself. Yes, I will pay for it. That's like what people did. (laughs) They're like seven and a half million for a month. We don't care. We have the money. Just spend it. Like, Imagine make using your money to just make a coach go away like you don't get anything from that i mean they're one of only a handful of programs i think that
0: have people with that power that can do that um is are they a better football team now without scott frost no do you think that they could salvage the season maybe win four or five games this year it only gets harder from here
1: did the players hate scott frost that's what i don't know if if the answer is yes, mm-hmm. then yeah, they can turn it around. True. If the answer is no, I, like I almost felt like he was just cursed. Everything he did was wrong, but I didn't. I, I don't know. I mean, the, making the players throw up like well, maybe they did hate him.
0: The level of arrogance it seemed that he brought to that pro- program in terms of just quotes and post game yeah, sure. things that he said. I mean, I
1: mean, he's a, a douche for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if the players like. If the players just hated him, then, yeah, I think they have a chance to turn around. They're going to get smoked by Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah. No, or maybe... Th- yes. Oh, my God. That was the other thing. You're setting up your interim, <laughs> you know, new coach momentum for failure. What are, what are they
0: hoping for that just... I guess the interim guy is going to be able to rally the troops and that they're going to... Is it in Norman? Do you know? <sighs> I think it is. Oh, they're they're sitting ducks in I mean, the spread has to be what, 30 something at this point? There's the, no
1: way they can yeah. hang. The smart move would have just been like, hey, we're going to lose to Oklahoma. Let's use him as the sacrificial lamb. Exactly. Get embarrassed, take our medicine, and, you know, uh, move on. Also, Scott Frost had a knack for keeping these games close. That's uh, true. Like the really big games when you were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome. Nebraska's going to get killed." They actually performed well. It was the games where they were 25-point favorites that they performed at their worst.
0: Yeah, they kept kept it close against Michigan all the time. I remember all their mm-hmm. games always being within like 4 or 5 points, too. So It's, it's
1: because they like they that team has talent, so Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Maybe Mickey Joseph has the uh, the magic.
0: He's got that Wednesday practice touch. By the uh, way,
1: first African-American head coach of any program in Nebraska history.
0: It's quite a shocking stat. That's
1: got to raise some questions.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Maybe DraftKings will have these lines on Next Nebraska Coach that we can possibly get in on in the near future. uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you want more action, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion It's simple. This Sunday, bid on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every single day because, well, the buffs stress me out and they play bad football and I just need to feel healthy about myself. That's what Athletic Greens does for me. They have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five-free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buffs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash buffs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ryan, let's talk about the buffs here. Um, do we have to? We, we, we have to a bit on the <laughs> buffs podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, as you mentioned, it's not really been good, but there's some things to get into, particularly the quarterback situation. Let's start there. JT had his first start on Saturday. It could not have possibly gone worse, I don't think, uh, in no. terms of the setting, the weather, going against a triple option team, and then just receivers dropping footballs, fumbles fumbles from JT, sliding uh, issues, just a bunch. What do you make of his first start, and how confident are you that we will see better play this week against Minnesota?
1: Well, do we know who's starting?
0: It's it's pretty much going to be JT. There, so... Uh, he did, Carl Durrell did bring up the true freshman after the game on Saturday. Um, we talked about that oh, a little account. bit. Um, uh, we'll get to him account later. He walked that back on Monday a bit saying it's between JT and B. still. Uh, but they have begun to have conversations about the freshmen.
1: <laughs> I love this. So, um, um, okay. So I've actually seen this exact season play out before. Okay. And it's like the wheels completely come off and then why not just play the kid uh, and it was Sefo Lufau at the time, mm-hmm. and he was not ready at all, but he was very mature for his age. You know, he's a 18 year old kid. He gets thrown in there and we were all like blown away at just the way that Cepho carried himself as a true freshman at the time. Um, and it took a while, you know, but he was the starter for that year, the next year, the next year, and then finally the rise. Um, and you finally saw it pay off. Like he leaped up to a new level his body you know transformed and so sadly that's where like i that's the last dying hope i have for this season is like hopefully owen mccown plays and gives us a shed of hope what i think is weird jake is b Lou played in in week one and he was bad yeah but not that bad no. as compared to what we saw last weekend now again, uh, conditions played a huge role in that, and I feel terrible for JT Schaub because he's got he got, his first opportunity was pinned on the one yard line, which I was like, what are they doing here? Mm-hmm. His second opportunity is in like some of the worst football conditions I've ever been in, one of the most miserable game experiences I've rough. ever had, uh, and <laughs> I feel for him. But if Brendan Lewis was your starter. You committed to him in the first game of the season. That's You had the most information going into that. What did you see? What happened that made you just abandon him by now?
0: So Darrell talked about this a little bit after the game. Um, he was asked why Brendan Lewis didn't play against Air Force because all we've heard up until this point is that it is JT and Brendan and that they're battling out. He even said today at practice they're still splitting reps at at, uh, at first-team reps at quarterback but they said he said that they wanted him and Mike Sanford wanted to see JT get a full game and just start to build that resume that tape resume just to have games under his belt just so that they can honestly evaluate and see what they have So that's why Brendan Lewis didn't get in uh, Durrell said he brought it up to Sanford or Sanford brought it up to Durrell but Durrell made the decision to keep JT in.
1: I almost jeez I don't know it's a weird. I, like, if you told me Brendan was starting this week, then I would say, okay, it makes sense that they left JT in last week because mm-hmm. nothing was getting better in that game. Like, right. the conditions were set up for failure. At the same time, Brendan would have been more set up for success in those conditions <laughs> than JT was. Like, yeah. you know, the only time they went and put together a good drive was just because they just ran ran the ball all the way down the field. Right. So, why would you not do that with Brendan? I, this this is bad because it, to me it just feels like carl keeps pressing the wrong button no matter what he does it's the wrong button um and it's easy it's very easy for me to sit here and say that but you can change your mind on things you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you can say hey jt is a starter and then you get there and it's pouring rain and you you watch warm-ups and i saw balls going through guys hands in warm-ups and i was just like if you want, you can just say, like, hey, we're making the decision to, to at least mix in Brendan here because he gives us a better chance to win. Like, I don't know. You know, that game, crazy as this sounds, and I feel this way about the TCU game as well, Those both of those games were winnable games. Now, you look at the final scoreboard and you tell me I'm insane. But the point is, you're an inch away from that being a three-point game in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So... Being kind of like dug digging your heels in makes no sense to me in those situations and the same goes for week one when it's like j t comes in and he's cooking on that two minute drill yeah you have done nothing on offense to that point bring in j t try to get that moment that wave of momentum so again, I know it's easy for me to say sitting here, but it just feels like Carl doesn't have a feel for things and and, and especially when it comes to these quarterbacks right I mean
0: the hot hand, I think, has to be something that he needs to consider at this point. Yeah. Uh, especially in this game. I mean, it's not going to get any easier for them. And as you mentioned, they were actually in both of these games. Yes. Uh, fairly late, too. I mean, it was basically the end of the third quarter when they punted uh, from the their, the TCU 40-yard line that they lost the TCU game. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the fumble at the goal line. Um, and just They put, got it right back, though. Yeah. And then
1: they got down there again and couldn't do anything.
0: Yeah. So it's we'll get to the offense as a whole in a bit to wrap up this quarterback conversation though. Do you think we see both this week then?
1: I would hope so. There's no reason not to, unless one guy comes out and is cooked. Like if JT shroud goes and leads a touchdown drive and then leads a field goal drive, like this is a pipe dream, I feel like, but then leave him out there. Yeah. Uh, but if he goes out and struggles, see if you can get something working with Brendan. I would love to see Brendan come in just in goal line situations. Yeah. Make yourself more multiple in those areas. Um, and so obviously that's been an issue for you too, punching it in. Um I just I feel like you have to be more open minded and there's no reason to play Owen McCown this week.
0: No, absolutely not. This is the one week of the year he should not play. Yes. Um but on but, Owen McCown.
1: Yeah. Oh go ahead. When do you think he plays? All right, so it read to me the schedule. So uh, so I know it's Minnesota and then UCLA. Well, Minnesota, comes
0: UCLA, then Arizona, and then you're by. And then if you allow me to pull it up, I'll tell you who's right after you think in two weeks then. Yep. I I well, mean three weeks. Three weeks, yes. Third yeah. Two mm-hmm. full
1: games, then the next game.
0: Uh, he's so he did walk as I mentioned, he walked that comment back a bit. But okay. it seems like the discussion What was the
1: walking back?
0: So after the game, he said that they were... As I said, they were talking about having the freshman guys. And then on Monday, uh, Brian asked them... Or Brian asked Carl Durrell that question again, just about are we going to see any of the freshman quarterbacks or are they working with the first team this week? And Carl said, we're having those conversations still. Kept on bringing up that fact. And that it's still JT and Brendan Lewis that he wants
1: to battle it out still. He said they're still in competition, basically. So to me, this... This is what I, I'm reading out of that. They're asking themselves, are we going to do more harm to Owen McCown by putting him in now than we are going to do good to the team by playing him? Mm-hmm. I think that deep down, they believe he's the best quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're trying to decide, hey, with the team in you know kind of disarray, um all the vibes going wrong Mm -hmm. the offensive line struggling is it worth it is it worth it or is this our only card that we have left and do we need to make sure that we're putting him into a stable situation and that's why i kind of think the arizona game makes sense because that's at home right
0: uh, that's in Tucson.
1: Okay, that is in Tucson. Well, maybe then it doesn't.
0: So, okay, here's the schedule then. So, we have Minnesota, UCLA next weekend, in uh, Folsom, at, at Arizona, Tucson. and then by week on the 8th of October, and then it's uh, Cal comes to Folsom. Okay, there it is. At Oregon State, Arizona State comes to Folsom.
1: Okay, I, I, for, I, I forgot that Arizona's on the road. That one probably doesn't make as much sense. Again, you're trying to put them into the most – perfect situation you can if you're gonna do this mm-hmm. probably makes sense after the bye week against Cal at home yeah. and then you can if things it's it's kind of crazy how important things in that first game how much it matters and if things go really well for him in that first game and again this is assuming that he's all the he has all the talent right he can ride that wave you know what I mean now if you throw him in let's just say they were out of their minds and they put him in this week yeah and he's just getting crushed left and right and throwing picks and all this stuff like then you really do have a chance that you just shot his confidence and he's like he's asking himself can I play at this level
0: the the factor with Owen McCown that I think looms large is the desperation factor from Carl Durrell to save his job and his staff's job because I don't think there's any well okay go ahead well I mean after that so you come up to the bye week You're probably going to lose this weekend against Minnesota. I don't think anyone's reasonably expecting them to win this game. You're probably going to lose to UCLA, although you could definitely play yourself into that game if you get decent quarterback play, Mm -hmm. and DTR hands you a couple gifts with turnovers and stuff, right? Arizona's better. They're much improved, but I'd still say they're probably better than the Buffs at this
1: point. (laughs) Arizona's quarterback is the most chaotic player in college football. He is. (laughs) I love watching him.
0: He he was a lot of fun. That red receiver cowing, too, is a beast.
1: He can play, but... Laura I'll watch him every week. Because he's he just he's like a chicken with his head cut off out there just going crazy.
0: So we're looking at a potential stretch here where the buffs are 0-5. They're in a bye week. I mean, I'm sure the pressure at that point for Durrell and this coaching staff has got to be nearing cause you mentioned it to start the season. Undefeated October has to be the dream, and that's actually <laughs> one of the questions. Is is that still on? Or what are the prospects for October at this point? Because November you got Oregon USC Washington and Utah
1: so it okay, so I talked to some people this week um, and no one this is not like sourced information you know, but the feeling I get is the only way Carl Durrell loses his job is if they lose if they win zero games and zero is absolutely positively on the table yeah. Right now um now maybe that's an overreaction because they have been in these games and we're buff like talking about myself here but like as buffs fans we're expect we're 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 just expecting the worst at this point Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like there's a lot of apathy around i will say there's still a ton of buffs fans in that stadium at air force like buffs fans are doing a great job of supporting this program despite the circumstances with that being said zero is on the table because the schedule doesn't get any easier from Mm -hmm. here i mean cal maybe is your easiest game on the schedule yeah um and this team hasn't shown any reason why i should be why i should say like sharpie that in as a way you know what i mean so there is that desperation factor and that's why i think maybe owen mccown if you feel like that's your last and best card that you can play you got to win a game to save your job it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's when we see him. Uh, so circle that October 15th game again against Cal.
1: Also, please announce that earlier in the week. Yeah. Because well, make my job people too. <laughs> will come to the... You know, people right. want to see that. Yeah. Like, even if it sells 5,000 tickets, it was worth it. Again, because you're not, like, gaining any advantage. They don't have film on them anyway. Exactly. So... Keep that in mind. Also, I think it's important to like, do you have to talk to Josh McCown about this? Not not like he makes the decision. Right. But like, hey, do you think he's ready? Yeah. I th- think absolutely I would, if I was the coach, I would say, Hey, we think he's the best quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. Do you think do you think he's good to go? Like you've talked to him, you're, you know you're in his ear. Well, I mean the
0: the reviews about Josh McCown have always been that this guy's going to be a coach after he finishes playing. Yeah, and so he,
1: he was literally a coach while he was exactly playing, so he's, Owen's
0: team. He's got the mind. He's going to know how his kid actually can play the game. Yeah. Um. So of course, I think you got to just hit him up and at least get his pick his brain a little bit. Um. I, for me,
1: he would be the quarterbacks coach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, like, and maybe that's something you can do in the future but like i i think there's probably i don't know i don't know if you're allowed to hire coaches to get recruits uh, i know teams have done it before yeah um but maybe like i don't know i would i would want as much owen mccown influence as i possibly can now you don't want like helicopter dad mm-hmm. but i'm just calling him up and saying like hey like i want to play him do you think he's good to go
0: yeah i mean and he's gonna know which plays owen is gonna succeed in the most you mean yeah. It might be a bitch to install some plays midseason, but it's like, if if this is going to help Owen McCown be successful as a true freshman, I mean, this team needs it. They need a spark. That's one of the things Darrell always talks about. They're still looking for a spark at quarterback.
1: We should try to get Josh McCown on the podcast before his son becomes a starting yeah. cup quarterback, because then that's when things get weird. Yeah, that's uh, when. <laughs> but as just like a, he's obviously a fan of the Buffs at this point. Has to be his son is not playing. I feel like he might come on.
0: All right, then. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, about the rest of the team, though, personally, I feel like the running backs have played pretty well. I know that you can say the offensive line has been fairly shaky, uh, but particularly Dion Smith has been someone that stood out to me. Do you think... Touchdown run was sweet. It was sweet. This is the longest career run. Do you know that?
1: No, I didn't, but that's awesome. Good yeah. for him. Um,
0: if this offense gets sufficient quarterback play, just nothing great, something that can just sustain drives, is this running game good enough to maybe still reach that three win mark
1: it's hard for me to say because they it was non-existent against tcu Mm -hmm. um now again when they did move the ball against tcu is because they ran the ball well against tcu so maybe there's something to build on there but that was maybe the most disappointing thing of last week to me is like look how small those air force defensive linemen are like you should be putting those guys in the ground and credit to those, you know, kids because they, they play above their weight. Yeah. Um, and they were physical and they were slippery and they did a lot of things well, but I would have liked to see more from the running game against air force for me to say like, this running game is good enough. I will say, I think there are things that you can look back to, to on these first two games and say, that's something we can build Mm -hmm. off that. I mean, I don't know if you have the stat, but I'm, was that touchdown drive entirely runs?
0: Oh, the one uh, on, uh, the, on, s- on the... Against Air Force.
1: Yeah. Um, I I'm don't know if they completed think... a pass on that drive. I'll, I'll try and see if I can dig it up. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, it was at least
0: two 20-plus yard runs. Mm-hmm. Cause I kn- or I think it was three, actually, because I think Alex had a run. I think Dion had a run, and then that was the Dion touchdown run, Yep, too. Um, so you might be right there. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the strength of the offense is the running game at this point. Oh, you don't and have
1: play-by-play on college
0: for or ESPN. on ESPN. You right. might have to go to the official site to yeah, find that for sure. Um, let's switch sides though. Defensively, I mean, this defense has actually played pretty well and as as we talked about, kept them in these games the past two weeks. Uh, they've just collapsed because they don't get any support offensively, yeah. and those runs just end. Up, the pipes just burst yeah. after a certain point.
1: I was saying we should call them the win the levee breaks buffs because it's the same thing last week. It was the same thing against TCU and it was the same thing last year against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing last year against Texas A&M. Yep. Like this defense is like, you just imagine them like there's like a whole lake that's trying and they're just like trying to hold it up and they can hold it up yeah. and they can hold it all. Eventually the lake, the levee breaks and here comes the whole lake, you know, rushing down the, the valley. Um, and there is something to build off there. Like mm-hmm. Henry loves to talk about this. It was a two score game late into the third last year against Minnesota. And then, of course, it breaks open and you end up seeing a 30 0 score. And that's embarrassing, right. which it was. Um, but I, I this defense feels like they have enough juice to keep you in games if you could just do anything productive on offense.
0: Mm-hmm. We talk, I talked to Quinn Perry on uh, Tuesday. Uh, he had 17 tackles. He just absolutely went off against Air Force, um, but he actually said that they have a championship caliber defense. And I mean, I don't. I think that's a bit rich to say championship caliber. But I mean, this is absolutely one of the better defenses that we've seen in the Pac-12 so far. They've gone against such a in the two games that you can play. I don't know if you can get more variety in the offenses you have to defend. Air raid. TCU, <laughs> it's a triple and, option, and the triple option at Air Force. Um, and they're going to get another test this week. Against the Gophers in Minnesota. Um, real quick, want to shout out Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery has the oh. Broncos Country Ale. I knocked back a couple of those. We have You have a Strawberry Sky, mm-hmm. and I've got a Mountain Beach right now. And the new beer just dropped.
1: Drop. Yes, they just announced a new beer called Fun Slinger. Okay. Which is a collaboration with Never Summer, the snowboard um, mm-hmm. you know, winter sports company. And we actually just tried it downstairs uh and it is delicious the first way they described it to me is crushable and okay. if you describe any beer to me in that way i'm like oh that's that's for me yeah come on pour it up and it is it's very crushable you know the idea of it was a beer that you can take snowboarding okay uh, you know, people that. like you know crush on the yeah. on the chairlift right you're mm-hmm. not like putting down a as much as people love vanilla porter like that's not like right. a, i've got five minutes to drink this going yeah. up the chairlift like this is a snowboarding, crushable. I called it a tailgate beer. I'm a big fan. And it and it ha, it still has flavor, you know, like it's not like you're just drinking water.
0: Beautiful. Um, another crushable beer is the Broncos Country Ale. Um, you know, Breck Brewer, as you covered with the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos, that is the Broncos Country Pale Ale. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the orange crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients. This will be your go-to for football season. It's already been mine a few times. Check out the beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. All right, Ryan, to wrap up today's show, it's actually quite an exciting slate of football in the Pac-12 this weekend. So we're going to walk through a number of games here. Uh, I'm looking here, it seems like all the favorites are the home teams for these notable Pac-12 games. All right. Uh, We have some still intriguing uh, out-of-conference matchups too, which is where we begin Cal Golden Bears at Notre Dame. Mm. Uh, Cal is a team, they are 2-0, so it may look a bit deceiving when you actually look at this UC team.
1: UC Davis and who?
0: Oh, man, I just talked about this on Monday. They played, I think, another FCS team, and it went, oh, it was UNLV. Okay, They played UNLV. They were 11-point favorites. They needed a goal-line stand to beat UNLV 20-14. They are 11-point underdogs going into South Bend to face the Irish.
1: And the Irish did lose their quarterback.
0: And they're 0-2.
1: In their 0-2. Give me Notre Dame with a golden hammer. Yeah. Like I am going to pound that line.
0: (laughs) It's quite a mismatch. I agree also. I mean I'm
1: thinking like I think that line could be twenty points off.
0: It this could be an absolute blowout. Yeah, I don't think Cal has shown anything to garner this much respect I mean even and,
1: like you look at that score against UC Davis um who I think still has Dan Hawkins as their head coach uh CU legend um you could say that this game you know they were 7-0 they were down 7-0 into the second quarter mm-hmm. um and then they kind of pulled away and, and UC Davis hung around a little bit but like it wasn't one of those games like they they were down 7-0 in the second court like yeah, they didn't dominate UC Davis like they should have. Obviously, like you said, UNLV, one of the worst programs in the country. Um, they needed a goal line stand. Notre Dame. I think what you're getting here is everyone loves to hate Notre Dame. Which mm-hmm. count me in, right? Um, so when they're when when they see them down, they want to kick them while they're down. And people are like, "Oh, give me Cal!" Like they're just looking yeah. at like name recognition. Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh, that's a legit program." Right? If they're not. Um, and they're two and zero. That's another thing that I think people are betting on. Uh, I'm telling you, Notre Dame by twenty eight.
0: I like it even more now that we just talked about it and that you brought up those points. This one is going to be a lot of fun. Did you watch the BYU game last weekend, the BYU Baylor game?
1: Yes, I did. Was that late Saturday night? Yes, yeah. it was an
0: absolutely wild game it that was. went to double overtime.
1: I only caught the end because I saw people freaking out about it. Yes. Too busy watching Jaden Delora. Yeah, (laughs) who has I'm just so captivated by Jaden Delora.
0: Yes, Jaden Delora has been fun, but BYU headed to Oregon, Autzen Stadium to play the Ducks. The Ducks are three and a half point favorites. BYU beat number nine Baylor last week. Mm -hmm. They are now ranked number twelve in the nation. Oregon gets back into the top twenty five at twenty five. Who do you have? BYU. I think I agree.
1: Better coach. Um, um maybe better quarterback and absolutely better quarterback yeah yeah okay there you go better coach better quarterback that's i don't even have yep, to go any further exactly um, that's college football right there who's got the coach and the quarterback
0: 100 percent. this one i threw in there because we saw colorado state last week and washington state actually had a nice showing upsetting the wisconsin badgers last weekend that one kind of went under the radar no one no not Dude, a lot of people talked about that i
1: didn't even know about it until sunday yeah like, I have no idea. I mean, now, this should be noted. I was in the absolute desolate, whatever you want to call it, God-forsaken area that is Air Force Academy. Yes. Now, beautiful place, mm-hmm. I should point out. You were dead to the world when you were there. Yeah, it was real it was There's real rough. literally no cell service. So, I didn't know anything that was going on around any sports. And we're there all day. We're also soaked. So, I come home. By the time we got home and and I showered and got to the couch, it was like 8:30. I'm just like catching the end of these late games and I fell asleep right after so I didn't even see uh, like the college football recap show. So I literally did not know that Washington State beat Wisconsin until Sunday morning. walked into
0: Camp Randall and beat the beat ba- or the Badgers on their own field. It was a wacky game. There were two interceptions, both by each team. They ended up fumbling the interception
1: back to the other team.
0: Wow. Yeah, it was just wacky. Back to the line, though. Colorado State, a rough showing, too.
1: So, wait. What's... Oh, okay. Okay, there you go.
0: Colorado State at Washington State. It's 17 points for the Cougars.
1: So, it should be noted that the team that beat Colorado State last week, who is escaping me... Who was that? Middle Tennessee
0: State. Middle Tennessee
1: State had just lost the week prior... To FCS James Madison 44 to seven now James Madison is an FCS powerhouse
0: that's a good program,
1: yes it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. they beat that team 44 to seven and then that team came in and was up 34 to zero on Colorado state i don't I think because it's been so bad for so long, just like it has been for CU for CSU, that the honeymoon period on Jay Norvell is still alive and well mm-hmm any other situation, everyone would be in full on panic mode. Right. Um, you can't be down thirty four to zero to Middle t- Tennessee mm. State, and like everyone's like, "Yeah, no, you'll get it right." Yeah. Uh, but if it wasn't <laughs> your second game, and there was like all the preseason hype. But that being said, if you're down thirty four zero to a team that lost to James Madison, how are you going to compete? And that's at home. Mm-hmm. How are you going to compete on the road with a team that just beat Wisconsin? That's a Big Ten team. Yeah. And Wisconsin, you know, they're not gonna be great in the Big Ten this year, but just the level of athlete that they have Mm -hmm. that the fact that Washington State was able to go beat them means the level of athlete that they have is worlds different than what you're putting on the field.
0: Washington State was very surprising in the trenches in that game. They they really managed to hold up against Wisconsin and bottle up Braylon Allen and their just tremendous ground attack that can really overpower at times. Washington State has been volatile also. They took the lead late in week one over Idaho, won yeah. that game 24-17, and they bounced back, go on the road to Camp Randall, win 17-14. You have to
1: imagine they're going to be able to ride that wave.
0: 17 points is a lot, though. Is it? They're down 34-0 to in like the first half.
1: They
0: they would have backdoor covered that, that 17 points, though.
1: Yeah, against Middle Tennessee State. That's true. Um, maybe I'm just being a hater. <laughs> i I don't see a world in which they keep this within twenty one They haven't scored any points yet this season.
0: another good point.
1: We'll see. They did have that what it was a nineteen point third quarter
0: I think so. They had a receiver go off for three touchdowns. I think that's all I know so I
1: think that's they've only scored in two two out of six quarters this season.
0: yeah, it's pretty rough um next game a little bit of a Another, uh, I guess, CU-type rival here. Michigan State, the 11th ranked team in the country, (laughs) traveling to Washington to play the Huskies. The Huskies with Michael Penix Jr., who was the quarterback at Indiana during their run. Uh, He has actually played very well the past couple weeks for the Huskies. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Spartans. Spartans' 11th ranked team in the country. Who do you like? Michigan
1: State. Um, I don't trust Washington. I think they're a little bit overrated at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do say I do have to say when I see like Michael Penix Jr. slinging it around for them, I'm just like, how can Colorado not? I know get a transfer like this. Yeah, like, they're everywhere. Or I watch Jake Hayner, who we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why does Fresno State have that guy? Jada Delora. Yeah, exactly, Delora. Like that dude makes plays for that team. Yeah, Colorado has legitimately had like. One and a half passable quarterbacks in the last 20 years.
0: It's been pretty brutal. Uh, you got to imagine the luck changes at some point.
1: Yeah, I've been saying that for 15 (laughs) of those 20 years.
0: Who do you have? Washington State? or I'm sorry, Michigan State?
1: Give me Michigan
0: State. I hope I'm wrong. I agree. I agree. I think Michigan State will be too much to handle for the Huskies. This one... Jerick Broussard. Jerick Broussard, yeah. He did score last week. This one's a lot of fun. I can't wait for this game. Fresno State at USC... Jake Hayner, you're in on, the, on him too, aren't you? Oh, I am
1: all in on. I him.
0: love Jake Hayner. Let's go.
1: There's nothing I love more than a perfect college quarterback. Yes, like he, Jake Hayner checks all the boxes for me. I'm pretty sure he grew up a Fresno State fan. Like he's from the area. That's um, just a little undersized, mm-hmm. super electric. Like he just just checks, throws darts. Yes, like <laughs> he just checks all the boxes for me. I'll, I'll watch him every single week, and I i'm gonna bet on them to cover the 11 and a half
0: the only thing is their defense is awful so bad the last week against oregon State, it was a great game fantastic game late saturday but man that defense really let hayner down um i think i'm gonna take the trojans though i think this is a really powerful football team that has potential playoff material
1: i mean it'd be great for the pac-12 for them to at least cut us some checks on the way out that's that's a good point um I just have to root for Jake Hanner. He's literally my guy. I
0: respect that. I love <laughs> that.
1: Actually, I'll probably be down. Isn't that a seven thirty start? Um, I, think it is. I believe
0: so. I w- it has to be a night game. I'd I'll imagine. probably be down on,
1: on my day and just end up taking Fresno State money line.
0: <laughs> love it. It's up to twelve and a half now. Finally, Colorado at Minnesota. Minnesota beat this team thirty to nothing last year. They are twenty seven and a half point favorites at this point. It has been going. Flirting with twenty seven, twenty seven and a half. I think it's settled back at the half point. Ryan, what is your side here?
1: I have to emotionally hedge at this point. Um it's I it's feel like it's up to twenty
0: eight now, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. That's a whole point from where it was earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um I just I th- there I have literally no evidence where I can point and say Colorado's gonna stay in this game other than the defense. And I do think the defense might be able to hold their own a little bit, but I watched them shut the buffs out last year, and I just there's no offensive evidence for me to say they're going to be able to put up, maybe they score 7, 10 points. Uh, And that could be enough to cover this spread, but Mm -hmm. I have to emotionally hedge and just say there's no way they do it. And if they lose by 21, then I get to come back and say, hey, they outperformed my expectations. There you go.
0: Love to hear that. Uh, We will be doing a full breakdown tomorrow. I do think that Colorado will look better as a football team this week. I'm expecting the quarterbacks to play better. I mean, you say this, and it's always a dangerous thing to say, but it can't possibly get worse than what we saw from the quarterbacks the last two weeks. Mm -mm. Um, You've seen that some chemistry has been able to be formed with Daniel Arias from both guys. Um, Maybe if some of those drops go differently last week, the stat line alone looks better for JT, and you just feel a little bit more confident. Um, with Deion Smith, though, I think that that running game is really going to be the key here. We'll find out exactly how potent they can be and if they can match Minnesota on the ground, because that's going to be their strategy also. Mo Ibrahim back at running back. They have Chris Ottman Bell at wide receiver. there's He's a beast. They're,
1: the only team that they're behind in rushing yards in the country is Air Force.
0: Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, the second back, don't have his name right now. He's dynamic too. Tanner Morgan, a six year starter. How is he still there? Uh, this COVID, is, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Six-year starters, I mean, that's you, you have a lot of them on the buffs, but you never have many six-year starting quarterbacks, unless you're Case Keenum.
1: Six-year starting quarterback is a cheat code. It is. That dude's a grown-ass man. <laughs> Literally. He's seen every coverage. He's been through several offenses. He can make checks of the line. Mm-hmm. like He's a cheat code in college football.
0: Defensively, I do think that this is a defense. They haven't been tested. They play an FCS team. They played New Mexico State the first two weeks. They have outscored them 100 to 10, so it looks pretty daunting when you look at that. And they, as you mentioned, second in the nation in rushing, but defensively, I think this is a team that can be exploited, particularly at corner. Whether we see that chemistry between quarterback and receiver is to be seen,
1: though. I love like I saw them get vertical a little bit this last week. That's like a once a series thing for me mm-hmm. because. That is your best chance of moving the football. Like You've proven at this point that you're not a a dink and dunk uh, throwing offense for sure. Mm -hmm. You can maybe expose them from a running standpoint. So it's like, give me run, run, deep shot. Run, run, deep shot. Because I'm not seeing them scheme guys open over the middle, anything like that. I would guess there was a couple moments there for Chase Sowell last week where Mm -hmm. he was schemed open over the middle. but. Show me that vertical stuff. Just try and make Daniel Arias, you know, make plays.
0: One of the things we talked about today at practice, actually, is there's a there's an intriguing element in this game because Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator, was, of course, on the other sideline last year. He was mm-hmm. Minnesota's offensive coordinator. Phil McGagan, the tight ends coach and passing game coordinator, was also on that side. If you could, how do, how do I uh, set this line here? Let's say. The line is plus 175 the buffs run a trick play you like that i'm hammering the yes it's they gotta have something right
1: yes i mean and it should be on the fir- first two drives mm-hmm. like because what's been happening, like what happens is you get down so much you're like well let's not burn that play right so give yourself a chance yeah um you know Football is a crazy sport. We just saw it on Monday night with the Broncos and the Seahawks. The Broncos are so much better than the Seahawks. And the mm-hmm. stats actually proved it out. Mm-hmm. Football's weird. Weird things happen now. It's a very It's weird a little game. bit different. We also just saw Georgia Southern, who I believe yeah. was 24-point dogs at Nebraska, go in and win that. So things can happen. Um, by the way, Georgia Southern's quarterback, I was like, well, I can't, why can't we have that guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's... Get up seven zero, somehow, some way. Like that's what really yeah. messes things up. And that's what messed up things for the Broncos, I felt like, is Gino goes and scrambles and makes a big play, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa. Okay, we're feeling a little bit of pressure here. Make them feel a little pressure. Run a crazy trick play, complete it, take a lead, and you know, make them think twice.
0: You have to be encouraged by the defense's ability to generate turnovers last week, also. Yep. That's gonna be huge. I mean, these are all the keys to an upset. Like I said, we'll do the deep dive tomorrow. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the DMVR Buffs podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for hopping on today. Of course. Shout out to the American Raptors. We will be back on Friday. Sco Buffs.